0: Welcome. This is the Ecom Podcast. I am your host, Owen Osinde. And uh, we're back again. We're back again with a new rebrand of the podcast. I know before it was the Owen Osinde podcast, but I decided to switch it up. I decided to focus on something that you know I do in my daily life and something that can create value. I found before the, the Owen Osinde platform when I was doing like my own personal podcast. It was great, but I just found I I was speaking a lot about different things and I couldn't really target what I'm really talking about. Like one minute, I'm talking about entrepreneurship. The next I'm speaking about motivation, inspiration, uh, other things I'm talking about, things that's happening in society. So I was all over the place and I decided to really tailor in with what I want to do. And uh, that's the e Podcast. And this is the first episode where we're simply focusing on e Podcast. I mean, on E-Com topics. And, uh, you know, we're going to get into it. Um, a lot of you know before I've been building E-Com businesses from high school to, you know, throughout my university years. And now I'm uh, building another company called Living Crate. But I really wanted to speak about uh, Sneaker Deck. And my experience with it and what we're gonna I'm gonna be discussing today is specifically building marketplace businesses. I've built sneakerdeck for two and a half years, I'd say, from inception to executing it and executing it to where you're getting users to where you're actually generating revenue. And creating sneaker deck was one of the best things that I've ever done. And I I really got to thank the people who I built it with. Uh, Ryan McDonald, who was one of the first early founders with me in actually getting Sneaker Deck off the ground. Also, uh, Jason Abraham, who's also moved on to a new project um, from Sneaker Deck and uh, people who've come, who've came to Sneaker Deck and also left you know, they're very integral people towards making it into a very successful platform. And just to touch upon Sneaker Deck and the history of it, and the people who don't really know what Sneaker Deck is, if you're new to my podcast, well, Sneaker Deck was an online resale marketplace that allowed people to resell their sneakers online and also protected them from buying uh, fake sneakers uh, through. Um, just the secondary marketplace. We were the ones who would verify the shoes, make sure they're legit and authentic, and then send them out to the buyer. In the process, the seller gets their money, and in return, us as a business, we collect a transaction fee. So Sneaker Deck, the idea of it, I found the idea, I got the idea back in 2014, going in 2015, I just happened when I was working at uh, a store called Linen Chest up in the stockyards in Toronto, and I was working in the stockroom, just a part-time job, just to keep the lights on, just pay the bills, uh, while I transitioned from my old company, which was called Recruits, which was a sportswear brand. I began in high school, came with it from uh, from high school to Ryerson for about a year and a half, had great success with it, but I realized, you know what, the sportswear and streetwear business and apparel is very saturated. I needed to do something that is more uh, in the tech space. That's something I can build once and I can scale it where I can attract thousands of users who love the platform, who are willing to pay for it, and it's something that they find integral in their lives. So I was looking to get in the tech space. I didn't know what product that was going to be. And during this time when I was working at Linen Chest, stacking boxes, you know, I'm singing, you know, I'm rapping, I'm just saying words and, you know, I'm on my phone as well, looking at these Facebook groups of what people are selling online, specifically Toronto sneaker groups. I, you know, I've been, I've been wearing sneakers, Jordans, uh, you know, shoes that have high value in the secondary marketplace since high school. And I was just looking to see what people are selling, see if I can find a really good deal on a pair of shoes. And as I was doing this, the idea hit me of why isn't there a marketplace for this? Why isn't there a a platform where people can actually specifically just resell their shoes? So before this, there wasn't any other platform that existed back uh, right now. For example, Goat and StockX didn't really exist back then. This was an idea that I saw the opportunity, I saw the value it can provide to a specific group of people, and I decided to act on it. So as I'm working, I'm really inspired, I'm, my energy is vibrating really high, I'm positive, and the I, the name Sneaker that came to me, and I really believe the reason it, that specific name came to me, it was I was stacking boxes on shelves and, you know, Deck. It was like a deck. You're stacking boxes on deck, and the ideas of sneakers were in my mind already because I was thinking about this marketplace idea and the name sneaker that came to me, and I wrote that down on my iPhone iPhone uh, notepad in the notes section. And I just went home. I started doing a lot more research into the space, and I realized there have been people who've attempted to build something like it, like it, but have ultimately failed. And uh, I don't know why they failed. I mean that was like maybe it was a great sign that it is like a product people want and i just think when i was looking at those websites it was just bad execution so SneakerDeck came along over the years we you know i found it was a struggle getting it off the ground but i finally got it to happen by meeting the right people over a certain period so when i first got the idea It really took a year until I met Ryan McDonald, who was uh, my co-founder. He was working at a different agency building websites before he became a lead developer at Shopify. I had, so a year went by, maybe eight months, and then I got my job at Good Life when I was doing sales. And I met Ryan McDonald there as I approached him, you know, doing uh, lead generation in the club. And i talking to him, and you're just getting to know him, and he tells me, hey, I do websites and everything we develop a friendship boom you know we start working together on the website uh he leaves for a minute more co-founders come through the company things start happening they leave so during this whole time just going through many many setbacks with people coming in getting hopeful and it was just some it was not a mess but it was a lot of ups and downs, I'd say, to get the idea off the ground. But one of the things that I really realized was I was very resilient in trying to get this idea off the ground because I saw the space, I saw the market, I did a lot more research into it. And there was one specific blog, um, which was actually written by by the founder of StockX. His name is Josh Luber. And he had all these statistics about the secondary marketplace, which is... Uh, the, the underground market for sneakers. He did a lot of research talking about how the secondary marketplace is a $1.2 billion industry on eBay, talking about the value of sneakers in the secondary market. And at the time I was like, wow, this guy's really providing all this data, but why isn't he just creating the marketplace? So I was like, he might create a marketplace, he might not, who cares, maybe he's just passionate about writing about sneakers. So as he was writing it, this time I'm getting more and more excited about executing this, but at the time, I'm not uh, a technical develop, uh, coder or technical guy. At the time, I was like, you know, what? I have no idea how to build this website, I need to find a co-founder who can help me build this thing. So Ryan comes through, we get some momentum. He was dealing with some things, he left. And then coming into Ryerson for, I think it was my second year, that's when I met Jason and I pitched the idea in class. You know, people came to me, we ended up working together and we ended up building it to what it was into a platform with close to, you know, 8,000 users from Canada having over uh, a platform with over 600 shoes and in inventory uh, over time. This is like just coming in and out. And it was just the two of us. We built it. You know, we're generating revenue. People are selling shoes. It was just the dream of what I wanted. And from 2014 to actually executing it properly in 2017 uh, is a very proud moment just to see the idea you had come to life. And one of the things that I want to talk about today is how to create your own marketplace, how to build a marketplace yourself. Marketplaces are great e commerce businesses just because you have one website, you have one thing you're doing, and you're providing a service where you bring two people together, whether it's buyers and sellers, where you have someone providing the service, where they are the ones providing the service and they're also a customer and you also have the customers. So it's about who's providing the demand and who's also providing the supply. And you can create a marketplace business in many different industries. You just have to find the right one that's gonna work for you. And um, specifically, you have to find things that are already working, but people don't are not being served. Back in 2015, I saw, I had the same problem myself. And back in high school, the problem was I was looking to buy, it was a pair of Air Jordan, Air Jordan ones, uh, and I wanted to buy them. I was looking through eBay. I found a pair, they came to me, and they ended up being fake sneakers. So this was about grade 10. And I remember my basketball coach, Sean, he was just like, hey, oh, bro, those are fake shoes like what are you wearing wearing fake jordans they didn't really look fake but when you got up close to them you could tell that they were fake so i had that problem back then but i didn't know it was a big problem until i started doing more research into the market so sneaker deck was a market where there was a group of people who were passionate about sneakers they they line up for days outside they they're waiting for the next drop. They're waiting for the next pair of Yeezys, a pair from Jordans, whatever you want to call it. Like Ronnie Fag, it's a it's a group of passionate individuals who are, they just care about sneakers. So that was a great niche of what we wanted to to do. So the first step in actually creating a marketplace is you have to you have to ask yourself, you know why are you creating this marketplace? You know, why do you want to do it? Are you looking to create your own side business? Are you looking to create a, a company out of it? Are you just looking to test out an idea? Is it a problem that you have and you want it to, and you want to fix it? You want to be the person to actually solve this problem for this specific community in this specific group of people. These are the questions you got to ask yourself, you know, what am I looking to do? What am I looking to create? And once you find that niche, you have to make sure that your niche that you're building your marketplace for is actually solving a problem. And a big example of problem solving in the market uh, marketplace business is a great example I can provide is Airbnb. So back in 2007, I believe, Uh, Joe Gebbia and Brian Chesky that moved to San Francisco that quit their jobs because they wanted to become entrepreneurs. So they were students at uh, RISD, so Rhode Island School of Design. And Joe Gebbia had moved to San Francisco and uh, he called up Brian Chesky. He's like, hey, man, you got to come to San Fran. You know, come to move in my apartment and we've got to we're going to start a business. Their goal is to become entrepreneurs. They wanted to become entrepreneurs and Joe had, you know, called uh, Brian, Brian quit his job, moved to San Francisco, moved into Joe's apartment and they're looking at what ideas can they do. So during this time, the landlord had increased the rent for where they're staying. So now their rent is more expensive. So they're asking themselves what can we do to make this extra money? What can we do to make this extra cash? And they look around in their apartment and they're noticing, you know what? We've got extra space here. We've got extra space there at the corner. Like, wow, look at the window beside that. That is an like, an obnoxious amount of space and we're not even using it. So at this time, there was a conference coming to San Francisco, which is like one of the biggest tech conferences out there. Is uh, South by Southwest so people are coming down to this conference they don't have a they don't have a place to stay and uh, they're like why you know why don't we create a website where we can actually provide bed and breakfast to people and in return they just give us the money after so they spotted an opportunity so they didn't really realize that this was a problem until it was a problem for themselves and you have to really think about it at this time. This time, having such a concept like that was unheard of because the idea is you have a stranger in your home, you're providing them food, and you're providing them a place to stay. You don't even know who this person is, but yeah, you're inviting them to your home to stay with you. Completely unheard of. If you had pitched that back then to your your regular suburban family who has space in their home and pitch that idea to them, they'll completely said, no, I, I, I mean, I am absolutely sure that people back then would not have uh, been welcoming to that idea. So they find their first customer and the person comes through, he comes uh, and stays with them. His name was a mole I believe from when I was watching the the story about when Brian was telling it. So this man called a mole comes and stays with them. They provide him they blow up an air mattress. They provide him eggs and toast in the morning and in return they they get the money. So Brian tells Joe like why don't we create a website for conferences where people can stay in our homes when there's a conference. And San Francisco is huge. San Francisco is huge. People come there for conferences all the time. Why don't we become the go-to place for, uh, you can book people's homes for conferences. So the idea takes off, people start staying in uh, people's homes, but what they found out was the the main problem was, it was very, very hard. Invite someone to your house and then after, you got to ask them for the money so you can imagine this awkwardness between the host and the person who's staying in your house asking you for money after so they decided to build a platform they decided to build an actual marketplace platform for people to pay through the website and so there wasn't that awkwardness in the at the end where you're asking for the money. So things start through they build the marketplace and it is what it is today they have over they have millions of homes they have millions of users it's used worldwide anybody can make their space can airbnb the space it's such a great economy where people can actually make money and that's what marketplaces have done they've created a brand new economy and this spans into many different things into transportation money uh sharing Different spaces for office for your home, and you've got to really, really. If you're looking to create your marketplace, you've got to really look at your niche. Are you gonna do it in the learning industry? You know where you're actually providing knowledge when you have teachers and or, and you have people who want to take the course. Are you gonna be doing goods, right? Where people are selling their goods online, which a great example is like Etsy, money. Are you going to be an Indiegogo where you're providing a service for people and allowing them to raise money for their projects? Food, Uber Eats, another great marketplace. marketplace, uh, logistic businesses, you know, services such as um, TaskRabbit. You know, it's big in the States. You hire someone to do tasks for your your home. Uh, transportation, Lyft, Uber, Uber. Um, you know you, t- you know, you can do many different things, but the main industries which are great are in transportation, the money, the space, and uh, also the goods business, which is also things like Grailed, uh, Sneaker Deck, what we did. So you really got to put your thinking lenses on of what you want to do. Uh, you can look around you and see what problems you face in your daily lives, right? So you want to unlock idle a- assets as I'd call them. So idle assets, you know, you put things you, you wear your thinking glasses uh thinking hat on. You really put on these you know what you want to do? You you wear a different lens. You look at things from a different lens and you find things that are not being really utilized, right? And you can look for different marketplaces from just walking around town. You can Think of like an idea such as I have a truck. Someone needs this truck. I'm not using this truck. Someone could probably utilize this truck for moving and they can come use my truck for a certain amount of time. I get paid. The marketplace gets paid. They get to use my truck for the time that they use it for at a very cheap price. They don't got to go to U-Haul. They don't have to use another service. And, you know, boom. There you have it, right? You're providing value. Someone has a problem. They are looking for a, maybe it's a Ford F-150, something small that they can rent and you have it, right? So you can build a marketplace building, bringing people to people who have trucks, people who have different cars and allowing them to move. Or you can even take it a step further. If you have a truck, if you have something that is a, a cargo type of car, you can become the uber of moving people's things to their new places if it's even moving offices if it's moving to a new home right this is a great idea i mean i, I don't really want to do it but if you want to do it go ahead and do it um it's hard to build a marketplace for sure and i've learned that the hard way i mean it's it's extremely difficult but once you get to a point where it's critical mass that's when the idea starts to take over, right? So you want to offer your solution by adding a layer of trust. In a lot of marketplaces which have also existed from time, you can think of uh, Locugo, which was a Barcelona Craigslist. They didn't have a reputation system you can do something like that where you're adding a reputation system to your to your business. For Sneaker Deck, what we did was we saw that a people are not really people are using Facebook, but when I was really doing research into the Facebook marketplace, I realized one, this is not a marketplace for sneakers specifically. It's people who are who have created Facebook groups and they're posting their shoes. When you see that person's shoes, you want to buy them, but you don't really know the reputation of the seller. They might be selling you a fake pair of sneakers. They might be doing, you know, what do other people think of them? Have Are they shady sellers? And we wanted to create a marketplace that had sneaker tools where you can actually upload the size, you can put the condition, you can write a proper description, you can create a profile, you can have your own store of selling sneakers online. And we saw that as an opportunity. We're like, wow, this is something great. Let's go build it, let's go test it out. So the reputation system was big for us, right? What you wanna do is you wanna have a narrow focus in what you're doing. You wanna create, you don't wanna expand to into different, different. I mean, expand into different segments where you have a, a vertical platform, where you have many different categories that you're serving. So. A a vertical platform would be something like eBay where you have products in different categories or Craigslist, you have people listing products and apartments and all kinds of things into different categories because it's very hard to scale. Where you want to focus on is you want to focus on building a vertical platform. So a vertical platform is a business you know, you know, the big ones, Airbnb, Lyft, Uber, and sneaker deck was also a vertical platform because we were serving a specific niche and we were just in the business of selling or providing a service that allowed people to resell sneakers and also allowing people to find sneakers that they cannot find in the retail market because the price of them, they've already skyrocketed past retail price because there's low supply of the shoes. So you wanna have like a narrow focus in the early days of what you wanna, of what you're building. So first steps into building your marketplace is you wanna build an MVP of your platform. So what do I mean by building an MVP of uh, your platform? So building an MVP is building a minimal viable product. I should have started with this in the beginning, but I wanted to give a backstory of how to really think about a marketplace and how to really approach it. So building a minimal viable product, you know, you don't want to waste time building a product that no one is really gonna use. I remember early on when we were building Sneaker Deck, we took a long, long time to get the platform off the ground. And I wish we had found different ways to test it and to build a platform off the ground. And I can't go back and say, hey, I wish I was a coder back then. I mean, you know, I can't take that. I can't go back in time and switch those things. And I really look back. I'm like, you know what? I'm actually thankful that I went through the hardships of getting off the ground because I learned a lot of lessons along the way. So you don't want to build something people don't want. So you can have an idea of, hey, I wanna build a a platform. I know this is gonna sound ridiculous, but I wanna build a platform where I can get people to rent my snow blowing machine, right? So you have this idea of building a snow blowing machine marketplace, you know, it's crazy, but just take this in, you build this marketplace You don't even do any testing. You don't talk to any people. You don't see if they're going to use it. You're so, you have so much conviction in the idea. You end up building it, spending money and time. And then you find out that people are not really using your platform. And the way we built our minimal viable product was when we were looking at building it, we had so many features. And this is one of the things that you can't have, you cannot do when, You're building your marketplace. You cannot be feature driven because having a lot of features doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything because the features you think that are going to be useful to your users, these are all hypotheses that you have that you think will work. The only way you'll find out if they work is if you actually get feedback from the the people you're actually building your platform for. So building the minimal viable product is essential. And if you're going to do this, it's critical you build something very small and lean, which has the one feature that you believe your users cannot live without. So we, when we're building Sneaker Deck, the one thing that we decided to do was we're going to strip all these features that we think we're, we're going to do. What we were trying to do is we were trying to make this ultimate platform which combined retail and the marketplace together and also have like a blog to provide content. We had a vision of what we wanted to do, but to get to the vision, we had to start from laying the foundation first. So the foundation was we're just going to make a profile where someone can upload the shoes they want. They can upload a photo. They can have a bio and they can also have a spot where people can leave reviews and rate them as a seller so this was one thing we thought a facebook doesn't have which can allow us which can take the the marketplace to the next level so this was a marketplace specifically for sneakers you can tailor it to the location you're at you can see everything about the sneaker that you need that facebook doesn't provide and you can go out to the market and you can see how it works so we build this thing, Jason and Ryan build it. I spend time creating the marketing and the, the strategy of what we're going to do. So we strip it down to the bare bones of what it's going to be. Just come online, sign up, click, upload sneaker, post a couple photos, talk about the sneaker and boom, you're in business. In each post, you can like and you can comment on it just like the way you can do on Facebook. We wanted to create something that a lot of people had familiarity with so we just build this bare bones platform and we're like okay how are we going to market this at this time we don't have any money so we have to be very very crafty we have to be very uh strategic in what we're going to do that's going to yield us results that will show us this is actually a problem worth solving so i call my friend colin colin crawford from uh, boathouse productions by the way if you need like a video this guy's a great guy to do it as well Uh, one of my good friends and i pitch him this idea i'm like hey man can you help us create create a quick video of what we want to do so we spent four hours just making this video i call my buddy nate uh nate brown who's also a big sneakerhead in toronto the guy is just like a legend in what he does i call him to help me out i'm like hey man uh can you help me build this uh make this commercial he's like yeah for sure so he brings a pair of shoes that we're gonna use for the video We'll go to my friend Colin's house. We make a quick video showing the seller and the buyer, me coming to Nate, meeting at Dundas Square, him giving me the shoes, me going back and leaving a review and rating him. And essentially, what we just did was we just showed the value proposition of using the platform. So we took this video, and our goal at this time was not to spend any money at all on Facebook ads. So the one thing that we had going for us was we were. Well, I I specifically I I was in a lot of these Facebook groups on on that uh, were about sneakers, sneaker groups. So all these sneaker groups, there's different ones in all the provinces. So you have Vancouver, you have Edmonton, you had Ottawa, you had Montreal, you had Saskatchewan, you had every city in Canada had a Facebook group for sneakers. And on average, I remember I. I did my math on this. On average, each group had around 4,000, 4,500 4, 4, users in it. And the largest ones had 30, 40,000 plus. That was like Toronto, uh, Vancouver, and Ottawa as well. So I take this video, I speak to the admins. I'm like, hey guys, I want to upload this video. What do you think? Uh, other groups I just posted it just because I didn't think they were gonna be offended if I did that if I'm marketing it just because it's a video that is actually solving their problem with what they're doing so I take the video I upload it to the Facebook group I put the link to the website and I remember Jason and I just sitting back at uh, the Fashion Zone. The fashion Zone was an incubator that we we're part of. And we're just watching, we were we were using Mixpanel to do our analytics. So we're looking at the back end, we're just seeing users just post, just sign up. They're just coming in. It was just like a waterfall. We were thinking, wow, we made, like we're doing something. We're actually getting somewhere with this platform. It felt like Christmas. It just felt, wow, we're actually doing this. We're actually creating something that people want. And this is validation. People actually want this. And they were coming in by the hundreds, I tell you. like People from all over the country. I remember that night when we first launched it, we got our first, I think it was 700, 800 users in one night. And it's just that the, the best thing about it was, was they were just not signing up. Because signing up is easy, but you want them to act on what they're doing. And what we noticed was they were not just signing up but they were adding a profile picture they were filling out a bio they're filling out their location and it's not like we had a a guide through of what to do when you join sneaker deck we made it so easy for them to get started that they already knew what to do so they post their photo bio location Uh, they even go ahead and upload the sneakers that they're selling and they started just uploading it by two, three, four pairs of sneakers. And we like, we're refreshing our our newsfeed for the platform and you're just seeing 50 sneakers. I think by the night we were at 100 sneakers in our inventory. And we're like, wow, you know, who would have thought? Like, you know, we just tried it out and it worked. So that just shows you right there. Building an MVP is, is very important. And you can see we didn't even spend much to get it going, to get it done. All I spent was money for the video, which Colin gave me a really good deal on it. And we didn't even spend any mar- money on marketing because we already had an engaged group, an engaged group of people who want, who had the problem that I had the problem. You know, we shared the same problem, and I just provided them a solution. And we proved our point, like, hey, okay, if they can just go and sign up for this without anything at all. Like why we should take this thing a step further. And that's one of the things about building a marketplace. You want to take things a step further once you've already solidified your value proposition. So we got this going. We get we built a bare bones platform. We spent a couple months building the MVP. And it was a couple months. I think it would say a month just because we had school going on too. So we can't really... Dodge school. So we're doing this after school. So we had to, we were hustling hard and we got it up and going and we got a platform going and with users and people who want to sell their sneakers, which proved our model. And at this point, we didn't even have any payments, a payment system attached to it where we can collect money, where people can do transactions. And we also didn't even have the, the sequence the figured out the logistics of people Sending us the shoes, us authenticating them, and then sending them to the buyer. So, great example right there of what you can do to create an MVP. Just do something, have your people who you're serving who are fans of what they're going to be doing. I have a friend of mine, Eleanor, she started a marketplace um, that allows people to resell their rings online. Great, great business. And same thing with her. She has hundreds and hundreds of people. She has—I can't remember what she told me, but I think it's up in the hundreds of rings available for sale. So you have men and women looking for rings. You don't have to go buy a brand new ring; it's right there at Refine Carbon. You know, if you're not, if you're looking for a ring, check out check out her business. It's really great. So you find an MVP, you validate it. Now that you have your users, the next thing you want to do is you want to engage those users, right? One of the things that I learned early was it's just not okay to build a a marketplace and a minimal viable product, and you don't talk to the people who are using your platform. So I wanted to get to know what these individuals who are using deck are about. What, What can we improve upon? What can they create? And the mentality I had before was, you know what, we have something great here. We're just gonna give them you just because we have we hit it on the head that this is something that they want, that we can just keep pumping out features and they are going to love it. So we're gonna take a quick break right here, and then when I come back, I'm gonna discuss some steps on how to engage your users we're back you know i had to take a little break over there and uh you know have a little sip of water you know when you're talking for so long you know your mouth gets dry so i had to take a break now i get it why a lot of podcasters take breaks sometimes you just gotta take a break from speaking because. You know, it's, uh, it takes a lot of energy, right? But uh, yeah, back to what I was saying about my users. So one of the things that I realized was we have, I and my founders had to stop thinking that everything that we're doing and every solution and every feature that we are creating is not really going to resonate well with the users that we're serving. Well, I admit it. We hit it right on the money with the first MVP. Like we proved our hypothesis that this marketplace is needed. The next step was growing it, and I remember reading one of Paul Graham's uh, articles, some a blog post he wrote on his website. So P- Paul Graham is one of the the chairman of uh, Y Combinator, and a lot of he's the one who selects the companies that get accepted to a Y Combinator. So he said, you know, you have to do things that don't really scale. And this is completely true. We utilized the video. We knew that that was not going to scale. And we knew that to keep the ball rolling, we have to keep going and grabbing users by the hand. So being part of these Facebook groups, I looked at the people who signed up for the platform. And I went to Facebook and I decided to speak to them. And I asked for their feedback. I asked them, hey, what do you think of the platform? They told me it's great. A lot of them said the things that we already knew, but one of the things that they spoke about a lot more is, hey, you need to solve the problem of the authentication. So at this time, it's around 2016-ish, and now we have competition coming up. So we have StockX and we have GOAT coming out of uh, the States, StockX in Detroit. And goat from uh, California both of them were doing authentication but what they didn't have was their product was great they had an app and they also had a web app but we were just three people grinding it out of Toronto and we're just trying to make it happen so we decided to add an authentication service to our website So before we even do that, we got to add a payments platform to the website. And these are one of the few things you're going to realize when you're building a platform is the MVP has a life of its own. You can project manage your your whole uh, website by having a critical path and you can see what's the path to finishing the project. But the one thing about building a marketplace, it's never ending. Users are going to tell you the things that you should be having on your website and the things you should be taking out. And we had to find out, figure out a way how could we take our users' feedback and implement them. One of the mistakes that we did earlier on was we did not move fast enough and execute on our ideas and the feedback that we got just because we didn't have the, the right human capital to do it. So at this time, Ryan had left just to focus on Shopify, and it was just Jason and I. And Jason was the only true true developer behind sneaker deck and i was doing everything else so one of the things you've got to realize is if you're going to be executing on your marketplace and you're talking to your users you've got to have the people behind you to really implement the ideas and test them out and see if they work because if you're getting all this feedback from your users and they're not really and you're not implementing them right away they're just going to leave They don't even care about you. They won't even remember your name. And I can even say it myself. There's so many products I've used out there where I think about it again. I'm like, hey, what happened to that thing? I can't even remember the name. So one of the things you've got to keep doing is you've got to keep going. You've got to figure out a way how to be scrappy. You've got to figure out a way how to get your implementation out and ready within two weeks, right? Things should not be taking long. And those are one of the biggest lessons I learned is, If you don't move fast enough, you're going to get left behind. But I also got to be sympathetic to myself as well. We were students, right? We're students and we're building this platform. And we did great, but I think we could have done even better if we had a team around us and we're trying to raise money and developers are even more expensive now. And it reached a point where we're like, you know what? This thing is a great business, but it was not cash flow intensive and one of the things you're going to learn about a marketplace is it's two sides. You have the supply and the demand and you have for example the sellers and the buyers. For any marketplace you need two people. So you need to solve you just you're not so solving one problem, you're solving two problems. You're solving a problem for one user and another person. And you can see it in any marketplace for Sneakerdeck for us is we're serving the the seller we're providing them a platform to sell their shoes and for them to make money in an efficient manner. For the buyer, we're making sure that the shoes that they're buying is uh, the shoes that they're buying are authentic. They are brand new, and we are the people who are making sure that happens. And we have to provide this service in an efficient manner. So both sides have to be getting value. The seller is getting his money, he's getting his shoes out there, and the buyer is getting the shoes fast and he wants them to be real. And you can see this in ride sharing as well. The driver provides a service, makes his money, the rider gets orders an Uber, it's there within 10 minutes or less, they get there safely, They pay through their car. There's no money exchange between the driver and the rider. The rider knows that he's safe because this driver is vetted by Airbnb. There's trust. And the rider knows that this person also has a rating so you know who's coming in your car. And you can see all this. It creates a safe environment. And that's one of the things that we couldn't do. We were implementing all these things but we just couldn't move fast enough. And ultimately... Us not moving fast enough was the reason for our demise. The reason we decided to move on from the project was incumbents were coming in and they were moving faster than us. They had more funding. They had they had everything in place. And it was very it was becoming very hard to compete. They've already cornered the market. They're they evenly split the market share of the market. GOAT was doing millions of dollars in revenue, so was StockX. And the one thing we had going on for us was we were a platform we're serving the Canadian community because a lot of Canadians, if you're shopping through StockX and Goat, is you're getting your shoes, but you're paying a premium for getting your shoes. So you're paying U.S. dollar on the shoes as a Canadian, and then you also have to pay the duties for coming over the border. So you know there's a there's a big cost for getting the shoes and we were trying to you know alleviate that cost by providing a similar service to uh to the canadian market so one of the things is you've got to be able to move fast and you've got to talk to your users the next thing i want to talk about is what business model are you going to use for your marketplace so there's many different models you can use so the one common model is the transaction model, uh, where as the business you just collect a transaction fee for everything you're doing. And I'm just gonna stick to the examples that you know everybody knows about: Uber Eats, Lyft, Airbnb, uh, Kickstarter, Indiegogo. Uh, there's a transaction fee for everything you do. So for Uber. You have a transaction fee, uh, which comes out of the driver's pay. And you, as a as a rider, you're paying for the ride. Money goes to the driver, and some of it goes to, to the company doing it. Same thing with Airbnb, and that's what we were doing with Deck. We had a 10% transaction fee, and we also had the option of allowing you to pay a premium for the verification. There's a listing fee. Which other marketplaces such as Craigslist use? So in Craigslist, Craigslist it's free, but if you want your product to or service to get more views, you can pay more to get in front of people. And this works only, and I repeat, it only works only if you have critical mass. And what I mean by critical mass is your your platform has to have hundreds and hundreds of thousands, even close to a million of users, for you to even Ask for a listing fee, and there's only a few businesses which ask for a listing fee, and that's a uh, you know, Craigslist. And one of the you know, wh- Craigslist is one example, there's many more, but that's a popular one. Another one is Etsy. Etsy, it's there's a plethora of different products from different merchants. And if you're selling a product and you want it to get seen, a lot of people are not going to see it because there's other people selling hats, for example, there's other people selling necklaces how do you how do you expect your necklace to get seen so marketplaces such as Etsy they say hey you want your product to get seen hey we're going to pay you're going to pay a fee and you're going to be able to get to the front of the people who you want to get in front of and it's going to be worth it because you're going to make sales and you're only going to pay a small fee for it which is perfect there's also the freemium model right where you provide the service for free but as the user gets hooked onto your product, they have to pay to get those extra features. So you have to really design your product well where you can already know when the user is gonna become a paying customer. And one of those is Spocket, for example. So Spocket is a drop shipping service where you can, you know, you upload into your store and the more products you keep importing to your store, to your Shopify store, the more you, you're going to be charged a fee for a certain limit. So if you want, if you, you get to 200 products, it's $39.99. Once you surpass 250 products, it's now 1,000 products. So now you're like, wow, like I can't delete these products I've uploaded. So I can only, I want more. So I have to opt into the next tier of uh, of payment that I'm going to be doing to get to, uh, to the next feature, So which is great. So you got to hook your Users to your product, you got to make sure that they love it, and you got to make them convert by making it hard for them to return, and that's by providing value through the freemium model. And if they want more, you have to charge them. And then the next one is featured listings and ads, right? So if you want your featured listing of the day, you know you can pay to have your listing featured on the homepage or a certain category. So for example, like Craigslist, you can pay for a featured listing. If it's an apartment you have, if you have a marketplace where you are selling, you're allowing people to post their apartments and you want to get seen, you can tell the person who is selling or renting that apartment, pay this price and we're going to make yours the featured listing of the day for this specific area. And then as well, you have the ads, which you can also add to your platform. So I want to go back to talking about specifically building your, your marketplace. And I think a lot of people who build marketplaces, they become too broad. They try to do they try to do a lot at once. And it's it's really really important that you focus on narrowing your your platform in the early days. You know, you have to have users um use your product and also be able to provide them with supply and this is one of the things of building a product marketplace where you have all these users you're serving a worldwide audience but then let's say you are a buyer from france and let's say jean pierre from france is looking for a product and he doesn't have that there's no product in france that can serve him so there you just lost a user so it's really it's it's critical that you focus on one market where you're focusing on one product where there's going to be plenty of it that can everybody has access to it and go from there example to show you this is amazon started by selling books before they started becoming amazon of who they are today so they created value from selling books and providing value to people who are passionate about books and they just kept going and going and going. To also find inspiration for the marketplace you're going to be doing, look at what other companies are do, are, are doing in the specific niche that you're going after, right? When we were starting Sneaker Deck, we, I looked at is there any existing marketplace that does this? So. In 2014, Goat, StockX did not exist, and that's why the opportunity existed. But as time went, we were so slow to executing that they became giants, and they executed, and we were just left in the dust, right? So you have to look at what our competitors are doing. So we saw that old competitors, they just had bad execution. It was not the vision that we had, and we knew that it was a good idea. Let's go and take that idea on, and the market was ready for it. Find the history of your competitors. What have they done? You know, what are they doing? Uh, how? Who are the founders behind the the product? Have they raised money for the product? Do they have a VC? Do they have angels? Do they? Who are they? Right? Find out who these companies are and see if something like that exists. Because if you see so, if you see one person who has the idea you want, that lets you know that it's a great idea to go after, especially if there's only a couple competitors and you see an opening like the way we saw with the Canadian market and we saw we can serve this market and there's a there's a there's there's users here in Canada who could use a marketplace, then you have a great idea right there. You know there's validation and you also have validation from investors giving these companies money because it shows you that the market is so big that the investors see a return on investment from having from investing in that product. Lastly, what I want to say is pitch your idea to everyone and see how they react. This is so important because if you think people are gonna steal your idea, then you're never gonna really get the feedback you need to really get your idea off the ground. A lot of people think that hey, this person gonna steal my idea. Well, as I said earlier, taking a stealing an idea is so easy. Like it's so easy, but building a great company is extremely hard. Extremely hard. So many companies are built and they fail. Right? To to even build a business to get into the the ten million dollar mark, even the one million dollar mark is really, really hard. Like it's like I'm going to find the statistic, and I just don't want to say arbitrary numbers right now, but it's super hard, right? You cannot be scared of people stealing your idea. One, those people don't even have the stomach, the guts to to execute it. And B, it takes energy to launch that idea and to make it a successful product. Not everybody out here is an entrepreneur that is willing to go drop everything and just execute the idea you have. There's only a few people who are gonna see your idea. I mean, if you come across Mark Zuckerberg type of guy, then I mean you lost, right? And if he's interested in it. But there's a there's a select few of those, like a handful of those people. I'm sure they're not your family and friends when you tell them this idea, like your mom or dad or sister. So pitch your idea, see how they react, and then once you get enough feedback, you know that you have something, right? For example, the idea I pitched earlier about the truck and creating a marketplace for people with trucks to provide service, easily you can test that out. I mean, you can go to different websites, which now uh, you can create a marketplace like such as ShareTribe. You can go to ShareTribe.com. Instead of actually building an MVP yourself, you can just easily sign up for a website and you can build a product easily within a week and you put it out there for free. Right? You don't pay anything. You can just test your marketplace. You can get, you can talk to people with trucks and get them to list them. You you can go knocking door to door with people who have trucks and sign them up by hand. So you have one side of the marketplace up and going, which is the supply side. Build them up, get 500 riders, drivers, and then go in now. Put it out there. See, put some Facebook ads out. See how people react. And just put something like you're looking to move and you're looking for to rent a, a small truck. while so and so trucks, Airbnb, like what do you call it? Lift truck is here for you. Something, f- something like that, right? And you've only spent about, let's say, two hundred dollars. You spent on ads and maybe one for the one month of the website. That's another hundred dollars. Three hundred is. Three hundred dollars to have an MVP, saving thousands of dollars of hiring developers, and then once you prove the idea, then you can go and actually build an app, uh, a website by yourself. So you can actually have you can actually control the data. So essentially, that is how to build a marketplace. To summarize everything, you wanna first establish why you're doing the marketplace, why you're doing it. Is it, a, is it a problem that you have yourself? Is it something that you're just doing for fun? Are you looking to build a business out of it? Because it, the way you approach those way of looking at things is going to determine the type of success you're going to have. If you're doing it for a hobby, just for, for fun, go ahead and do it. But first, develop why your why. Second, choose a niche that you think will be exciting to you. And it's a problem you can relate to. Second, narrow focus. If it's a marketplace that has to do with athletics and you wanna create a marketplace for this market, focus. For example, you wanna create a marketplace for trainers and coaches, you can start off by just powerlifting trainers and then go from there. If you wanna look for a powerlifting trainer, here it is. Boom, we're serving it for you. And then you wanna expand later. So have a narrow focus and then. Build the MVP out, put it in front of the customers, put it in front of the people who are gonna be using the product, we're gonna be the service people, like the drivers, let's say, right? Get in front of the customers, do some Facebook ads, test it out. Second is talk to the users, right? Don't be like me when I was running Sneaker Deck and we're just sitting in our incubator, just coding the website and not doing anything talking to the users until we actually had to get off our butts and actually go out there and talk to people and stand in line and go to Montreal and go to Ottawa and go to all these sneaker trade shows to talk to our users, right? That's what we ended up doing. We actually had to leave the city to go to another province to talk to users, right? That's the kind of dedication and commitment you've got to have if you're willing to do this. So talk to your users. And lastly, keep iterating. The one, the the don't spend time building the perfect website. Just build a bare bones, even if it sucks and it's ugly. But it has to provide value. It has to have a means and an end. Problem. Communicate the problem. Here's a solution. It doesn't look pretty, but it 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 works. It works. And establish that. And then don't build the features what you think is great for the features. Talk to the users, get them the fe- t- get them to tell you what the features that they want and then implement that feature with a team that you have, right? Just keep going and that's how you do it. Building a marketplace is honestly tough. It's a tough business. If you're gonna do it, you have to be really, really patient because marketplace businesses are the kind of businesses that take a while to really reach critical mass. Airbnb did not reach critical mass until 2011, 2012. So that is four years into their launching, right? So you can imagine if you're creating a a marketplace for a specific niche or for a broader market, you have to be really, really, really patient with it and keep doing the dirty work because once you get it going, once you get the wheels turning, once you figure out the supply side and the demand side, then you're golden. You're gold. Like you are serving a a specific community and you're just going to make money and you're only doing it once. You've already built the product. You just have to keep tweaking it. So there you go. Go out there, think of things that you have a problem with, things that bother you and you like to execute it, Use a website such as ShareTribe to build your MVP, and uh, once you build your MVP, just keep grinding, be patient, and uh, you know, eventually, if you end up killing it, congrats. If you don't, it's okay. You can try a different idea, and uh, that's what I wanted to discuss today. just wanted to give a brief background of Sneaker Deck and also how to build a marketplace business just because... I have, a, I have a strong background with it. I've done that for the past couple of years and now I'm moving more towards the the e-commerce dropshipping business, uh, building a new company right now called Living Crate and uh, that's my new venture right now. So check that out. But uh, yeah, so that's it for today. Uh, looking forward to talking to you guys next week. I'm going to keep doing this weekly now. No more delaying episodes, no more you know, getting busy. Have to develop consistency, and I have to make time. And you know, I'm responsible. I take responsibility for not being consistent. So, one thing I'm gonna tell myself: I'm gonna be consistent, and I'm gonna keep my word with that. So, this is the Ecom Podcast. Again, my name is Owen Osinde, and you can find me at Owen Osinde. So that's Owen O S -S I N D E. You can also follow my my business at Living Crate. So that's Living C. R-A-T-E. I will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. And uh, see each other online. Let's go.